Amen. It's empty. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's all stand a moment. Let's open the word of the Lord to the book of Matthew, chapter 28. We're going to read from verses 1 through 8. I appreciate all those wonderful testimonies. Uh, we only picked three because if we would have picked all of you, we would have been here all day long. Because they're such wonderful testimonies in each and every one of your lives. The word of the Lord reads as follows. Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the, and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. Say with me, there was a great earthquake. There was a great earthquake. Amen. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven... He came and rolled back the stone from the door, and he sat on it. Say with me, he rolled back the stone. He rolled back the stone. Amen. His countenance was like lightning. His clothing was as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him. Say with me, the guards shook, the guards for, shook. Fear him. for fear of him. Amen. And it says they became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He's not here, for he is risen. Say with me, he is risen. He is risen. Amen. And he said, come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. Say with me, tell his disciples, tell his disciples that he is risen, he is risen from, the dead. from the dead. Amen. And indeed, he's going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear, and great joy. Say with me, fear, fear. And, great joy. and great joy. Amen. And then they ran to bring his disciples' word. Father, we thank you for your word. Dear Holy Spirit, I pray that you open it up to our understanding. Uh, Lord, that we might truly uh, understand your heart today. Understand what you did at the cross. Understand who Jesus is, Lord God, on our behalf, my Father. What he did for us. Lord, may, may we understand it in like a revelation, a personal revelation to us, to each and every one of us. Father, we'll be careful to give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. 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 You may be seated in God's presence. It's a sad thing that many today don't know what the true resurrection day message is. Many uh, of the information carriers, uh, special interest groups, uh, people out there that are trying to change History, they're trying to rewrite history, trying to rewrite the Bible. Um, they, they attempt to belittle this message. Right now there's a move to get rid of the word Easter and just call it spring break. So, unfortunately, they're trying to hide the most significant act in history. But this is not new. It's happened before. Actually, even the leaders in Jesus' day tried to hide the truth about the resurrection. Because if word had ever get out would ever get, get out, it would expose their lies and hypocrisy. Let me share with you some scriptures so that you could see some of what happened. You might not know, but this is some of what happened. In Matthew 28, verses 1 through 4, and then 11 through 15, look what it says. Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, this was after Jesus had uh, been buried, so it was around Sunday morning-ish, around there. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven, and he rolled back the stone from the door, and he sat on it. His countenance was as lightning, and his clothing were as white as snow. 
And the guards shook for fear him. In other words, the guards were there. They saw this thing actually happen. They saw the, uh, the, the angel come down. They felt the earthquake, right? And a door that was really heavy, and I'll share with you a little in a minute, something else that they did to that door, suddenly was rolled away, right? Okay, so, and then the Bible says that these men fell as dead men. So throughout scripture, whenever uh, men of God would see angels, they would not go, oh, what a curious sight. They will fall as dead men. The reason why is these are ominous creatures. They're not little fat little babies like this with little small, you know, little wings or wingettes. No, they are huge warring angels. When anybody sees these huge apparitions or these huge creatures, these creations of God, they fall as dead. In other words, your strength leaves you. Has that ever happened to anybody here? When I was a child... I remember that happened to me, a, a, a sudden panic fear that overtakes you. There was one time uh, where I went to my friend's house, and between the second and the third floor, um, I, I saw a guy putting some drugs inside uh, a little packet, and you know, I was like, I don't know, maybe 12, 11, and then he ran at me because apparently I was not supposed to see that. So... I always was, when I was a child, I was very fast. Nobody could catch me. You learn to run. In the late 60s and early 70s, you just learned to run. So I, I didn't run down the stairs. I literally threw myself down the stairs. Just wow, dang, 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 dang. And, then, and he couldn't catch me. Then I ran all the way to where my father was. And when, by the time I got there, uh, they were asking me what was wrong with you because I was really hyper. I was out of breath and I was going. <laughs> it's the worst thing in the world when you're trying to say something and the words just don't come out. So finally, after 15 minutes, I calmed down enough to tell him, listen, this guy is after me. And during those days, it was very scary because in my community, there, there was a murderer loose and he had ki killed several young people. And we were very sensitive to that. Our, our mothers and fathers had told us, listen, watch out. Uh, if you see anybody that looks like this, you know, stay away. And I could have swore that I saw that guy. Really, it was just picture and a guy. It just looked exactly alike. And as I'm running, he's running after me. So, you know, you, can't, you could kind of assume. So I remember, I know what that type of fear is. Well, these guys experienced that. So in, in verse 15, or rather 11 through 15, it says, Now, well, they, while they were going, behold, some of the guards came to the city and reported this to the chief priests, all the things that had happened. When they had assembled with the elders and consulted together. With who? With the elders, with the leaders. With the governing and religious leaders of that day. They shared with them what happened. So it was not something that was hidden. This was brought up to the tribunal. It was brought up to the religious and governmental leaders. That in fact an angel came down, rolled that stone away, and Jesus came out. Alright. So what happens? It says here... They, meaning the elders and the leaders, gave a large sum of money to the soldiers saying, tell them his disciples came at night and stole him away while we slept. And it says, and if it comes to the governor's ears, we will appease him and make you secure. So they took the money and did as they were instructed. And this saying is commonly reported among them until this day, among the Jews until this day. Okay. So we understand that because even to this day, 
when you deal in government, you know that there's always something shady going on. I mean, there are righteous men and women in government, but there's a lot of this that goes on. We know that. So what I love about this is the fact that even though they pay people off, even though they went to all of these extremes so that the message would get, not get out, 2,000 years later, Hallelujah. the message is still getting out. That's right. Praise God. In John 19.30, it says this, When Jesus had tasted it, in other words, he was on the cross, and they gave him uh, like a bitter wine, because he had just cried out, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, something like that in Greek, or in his Aramaic language, I don't know exactly which one, but he had just cried out to the Father, 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 why hast thou forsaken me? And so then they, they grabbed a sponge and put some wine in it and gave him to drink. And when he touched it, he thinking it was water. So no, it was wine. So he just didn't drink it. Then he said this. He said, it is finished. And then he bowed his head and released the spirit on the cross. So according to Jesus, he did the job. He was the perfect lamb of God. He was the righteous, spotless lamb of God for all of humanity. But here's the problem. He had to die for humanity. Every sacrifice, had, every lamb had to die in order for someone to be forgiven because blood had to be sprinkled and blood had to be poured out. When God would see the blood, he would forgive. But yet, all other lambs that were sacrificed also died. But in the case of this lamb of God, he didn't remain dead. And I'm saying this to you for a reason. I'm going to bring it to you in a couple of minutes. He rose again on the third day, even as he promised. In Romans 6, chapter 4, verse 11, it describes a little. It says, for we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. In other words, when you come to Christ, the old man dies, and now you live anew. God gives you a new life. What some of you were sharing here today, there's newness of life, newness of hopes, of dreams, newness of expectation, and you feel the new life in you. Amen. It says here, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We could not be raised to new life if he had not died and rose again. Amen. So that's the only difference between the gospel message and any other message that is sent out or that we hear. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We're no longer slaves to sin. Praise so God. the fact that he carried our sin on the cross, he became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God, now means we no longer have to be beholden or slaves to that past sin. So I know my past, it just doesn't hold me slave anymore. It doesn't hold me you know, captive anymore, any longer. Praise God. So he did that for us in his death. Right. But it says here, since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you should also consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Amen. So this is very powerful because not only am I forgiven, not only in God's sight am I clean. God doesn't see my sin. God, God doesn't see any of my failures in the past. Amen. And even as I live throughout my life, I'll make many mistakes, but he walks with me. He, he, he treats me like son and, and treats you like son and daughter. Why? Because you are. 
then the, the beautiful thing is since he rose again, now we live a new life with him. And not only a new life, he says, I'll bless you in this life, and in the life to come, I give you eternal life. So let me briefly give you several things about the fact that Jesus broke out of the grave, because that is the theme, breaking out. Amen. So to break Jesus out of the grave, God had to create an earthquake. You have to understand that nothing in this world could stop God's purposes. You have to understand that God's purposes will be fulfilled. If he desires something, it will come to pass. When his children call out to him, he responds. Even... If he has to create an earthquake to make it happen, he's going to meet your need. That's right. Even if he has to do something exceptional out of the ordinary, uh, I think it was uh, Sister Cynthia who said that, that she received jobs that she was not supposed to, that didn't even exist, and God created opportunities that were not there. Praise God. God does this all the time for his children. All over the world, he's constantly doing this. Amen. And the currency, the currency of heaven is faith. What we need to activate that supernatural faith is, fa or rather that supernatural power is faith and confidence in God. Amen. See, God doesn't need anybody's help per se, but he released some laws on, on, on this earth realm. For example, the law of sowing and reaping. If we sow friendship, we will get friendship. If we sow hate, we will reap hate. That it's an active law. God does not have to come in and work it every time. He's released it on earth. We work it now. Hallelujah. So the beautiful thing about it is by faith we can claim God's promises and faith or the spirit of faith or, or the, 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 the power of faith is alive and well here on earth. Whichever child of God decides to confide in his promises and activate them in his life and trust him for it, he will make it happen in their lives. Because that's the currency of heaven. Praise God. There was a woman with an issue of blood, a flow of blood for 12 years. And she said, you know, I've heard his word, uh, he's a healer, and, and I remember him preaching, he said something about, you know, that, that he's a healer also, so I'm going to go, and if I just touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be healed. So what happened? There's thousands of people around him touching Jesus, right, touching him and screaming, ah, heal me too, and you know, give me this, give me that. But it's interesting, she made a way and touched him, and suddenly the Bible says she was healed at that very moment, right? Well, here's the point. The point is, Jesus looked around, suddenly he says, um, who touched me? And the disciples said, well, Jesus, everybody's touching you. What, what are you saying? They didn't understand what he was saying, but then he revealed what he was saying. He said, I just felt power come out of my body. Notice, he didn't go to her and say, yay, my daughter, huh, you're going to be healed now, raise up, stand up. He didn't do any of that. He was busy talking and teaching, and suddenly, boop, oh, I felt power come out of me. Faith will do that. And if you uh, apprehend God by faith, you will receive your miracle. Yes. Thousands of people around you might not because they're not trusting God. They, they, they don't care. Too many people in, 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 our, in our generation today, uh, they'll belittle God. They'll curse at God. They'll say, you guys are crazy. But meanwhile, you're getting your answer. Amen. And the day they need prayer, guess who you think? Who do you think they're going to go to prayer with? Who do you think they're going to ask for prayer? You, because they see you getting your answer. Why? Because you're a man of faith. You're a woman of faith. You're operating in the currency of heaven. You know how to use the currency of heaven. Glory to God. So if God has to create an earthquake, say to your neighbor, if God has to create an earthquake, he'll do it just for you. Why? Because he, you trust in him. Amen. And he's about ready to shake up some things in your life. You know, some of you need some things to be shaken up in your life. 
Some of you have a lot of mess around you, but, you know, just trust God and start declaring God's word and God's promises, and God will shake anything he has to shake to get the answer to you, to get his promises activated in your life. Hallelujah. Number two, God sent a special delivery angel to roll away a stone that had been sealed on purpose, and then they had guards there. So it was an impossible situation. You couldn't get that body out. First and foremost, the, the, the stone was not just heavy. It took many men to roll the stone into place, but they sealed it. We don't know how they sealed it. Maybe they used cement. I don't know how they sealed it, but it was sealed. That's why you, you needed an earthquake because they wanted to make sure they keep Jesus in there. They did their absolute best in the natural to keep it there. But look what it says. What supposedly was impossible... Because the stone had been sealed and guards were put there to make sure that Jesus stayed in the prison. It was a prison of sorts. Couldn't get out. Man made sure Jesus couldn't get out. But guess what? He got out anyway. And sometimes you're in an impossible situation and people will try to put you in that impossible situation. Somebody might not like you. Maybe you have a circumstance. Maybe you have a situation. Maybe there's an illness. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe somebody's trying to take your home away. I don't know what your impossible situation, but God loves boasting in the impossible. He loves boasting in that impossible scenario. Say, now watch me start to work and make the impossible possible just for my son, just for my daughter, because I love him. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. And I love this because God did not come in, right? secretly and put a, a, a somnambulant sleep on you know the, the the guards he didn't make them fall asleep he did it in their face <laughs> the angel came down in their face and your enemy might be laughing right now but when god comes in their face he's gonna shut them down amen he's gonna get some glory hallelujah and you're going to get your answer, and they're going to realize that you're serving Almighty God. You're serving a good God, a loving God. Amen. Praise God. So he sent a special delivery, a special delivery angel. Do you know that even now, the Bible says that angels are messengers for us. Angels help us, help the heirs of salvation. You don't know how many times an angel has helped you, and you're not even aware of it. Something horrible could happen and God just intervened right there. Spend a, sent a special delivery angel and you were not even aware of it. How many people, you know, have said, oh, I've seen angels. I don't know. So I believe some, some people have. But if they tell me I've seen an angel, they didn't feel like a dead man. I don't know. I questioned it. There was this, there was this preacher, uh, actually he's still alive. Um, his name is Norvell Hayes. And uh, I don't know if he's still alive, but uh, years ago I used to read some of his books. But he had an interesting testimony. Very, you know, very successful man. He was successful in business, but he loved God. And he would teach. He'd go all over the world and teach and preach. And his daughter, unfortunately, got hooked up on drugs. And um, for many years, you know, she'd come in at 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning. And he, he grieved him. I mean, it's your children, right? So one day... One day he's, he's upset, he's praying, and, and he's saying, God, God, you know, what's going on? And the Lord told him, love her through it. Love her through it. So she'd come in at 2 in the morning. Uh, he's, oh, how you doing, honey? How you doing, sweetheart? I'm kiss her and just say, I hope you're doing all right. You, know? you need anything, let me know. And he did that for a season. And so one day she came up to her, she said, you know, Daddy, I, I, I got to be honest with you. Every time I come here, I, I just I, I feel uh, your love, and, and, and this is the only place I feel, uh, you know, the love of God is just in this place. So she was very touched by that. 
But here's what happened. One day she's in a room, and suddenly she starts screaming, big, 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 huge, big. So he goes out, Zona, Zona, what in the world is the matter with you? And she's big, big, big. So, you know, she got into one of those panicky, fearful moments. And so after a couple of minutes, when she calmed down, she explains, she says, I'm in the room, and suddenly an angel appears, a big angel, touch, his head touching the ceiling, and he's there sternly looking at me, and he had a sword in his hand, just looking at me. Didn't say a word. <laughs> and she ran out, she said, Dad, she, she went to Now, I'm going to repeat it because it's the testimony, okay? But this is what he says. He says, that angel literally scared the hell right out of her. Because she never ever took drugs anymore. She never hung out with them people anymore. That, <laughs> that one moment cleared it all out. My God. <laughs> so if God has to send a, <laughs> a special delivery angel... You better, you better get in place. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Three, Jesus told the ladies, don't be afraid. Take a look at the tomb. Jesus is risen. Today, we don't have to be afraid anymore. Jesus is alive. And that means all of his promises, all of them, every single one, are true. Hallelujah. The fact that he said, if you believe in me, you'll have eternal life. It's true. Yes. See, he, he validated it. Not by dying, because good men die all the time. He validated it by being raised up again from the dead. And you might say, how do you know that? That's just a myth. With all due respect, if you ever study history, one of the ways to study history is by looking at archaeological digs, right? Books and things you find, you know, in the ground. It is, an, it is a fact that the Bible is not a myth. Because the Bible is not a book. It's a compilation of 66 writings written throughout the process of 1,500 years. And they were found in different parts of the world. Okay? And the manuscripts were rewritten tediously over and over and over again. You see it in the different manuscripts. These scribes, who now, you know, you serve God by singing, by teaching. These guys would serve God by writing the books over and over again because they didn't have a hard drive. And they didn't have a backup system. So the backup system is in, in that day was keep on writing the books over and over and have several copies at any given time. So one of the ways we know it's a fact is these books actually exist. The writings of the people of that day. Come on now. Amen. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is not the Bible. Just like, that's what we call it. It's a compilation, yes. the Biblios. That's right. But it's a personal eyewitness account. Amen. One of them was saying, oh, Theophilus, uh, uh, here's the account I write. You know, yes. These men sat and wrote down what they experienced while being that's with right. Jesus. So we know according to history, when you do your research, the farther from the actual date that a person writes about an account, the more mistakes you can have. So when you have the guys from that day that actually wrote their own experiences, now you have credible eyewitnesses. 
Then at the same time, the Bible talks about 500 other witnesses that saw Jesus come back from the dead. You see, so we're not just speaking uh, emotion or we're not just speaking, uh, you know, uh, it's my, what my religion believes. This is an actual fact of history. That's right. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. This is empirical evidence yes. that can be proven in a court of law. Amen. I'm not getting too many amens now. Right. See, because if this is true, that means we're accountable to that God that created us. Amen. Right? If it's true, that means he said... It's a free gift. Receive my son, and then I will do the rest. I will adopt you into my family. I'll forgive yeah. you. I'll forgive you all your sin. I'll reconnect Alleluia. you to me. All my promises belong to you. Yes. You become sons and daughters of Abraham, yes. and then you get the blessings too, right along with it. Yes. All of that is true. Amen. And so we could trust this God. Amen. I might not be able to trust some of my friends, because they say they're going to do it, and they don't. Or sometimes we choose to trust our friends and we just know, well, he has this weakness, she has that weakness. You know, we know, every one of us have, we say it in Spanish, el que no tiene dinga, tiene mandinga. Whoever doesn't have, well, transliterated says whoever doesn't have dinga has mandinga. In other words, if you don't have one thing wrong with you, you have something else wrong with you. It's just the way it is. You know, just get over it and you know, love him anyway. Amen, amen. But Almighty God doesn't have dinga and he doesn't have mandinga. He's perfect. His promises are perfect. Yeah. So, so, some of you heard, heard, heard your family say that, right? Praise God. The truth of the matter is we can trust this God. Hallelujah. So he said, don't fear. Don't be afraid. You can have the peace of God. Yes, things in life will concern us. Yes, we look at the, the economy now and it's rough. It's tough. We understand that. But God, he's the owner of all the gold and the silver. But God, he's the one that could grant me the wisdom to be able to get out of a situation I'm currently in. He's the one that could give me the connection I need or the relationship I need to get that promotion. He's the one that can heal my marriage. He's the one that can heal my relationships with, uh, with family and friends. He's the one that could make everything new for me. Glory to God. Because he's a good God. And not only that, he is the owner of all the gold and the silver. Amen. He's the one that can create the earthquake. Does anybody here need an earthquake in your life? Amen. Yes. Amen. Praise God. Sometimes we need that earthquake, and God is ready anytime. Praise God. To, to shake heaven and earth just for you. And a verse, or rather, fourth point, later on, verse 9, Jesus tells the ladies, Rejoice. Amen. He knew what he had just done. He knew he went through the whole process, and make no mistake about it, he was rejoicing. Because he had just gone through the worst experience any human being could ever go through. He had just gone to that cross, and even before going to the cross, they had whipped him, they had spit on him, they had teared, torn his beard off, uh, they had uh, put a crown of thorns on him, they had nailed hand, uh, his hands and feet to the cross, um, they whipped him 39 times. I mean, he went through a lot. He had to carry that big old heavy log all the way to Golgotha. He had to fight on that garden. He, you know, he, when he was there, he, he, he was so pressed with stress, personal, physical stress, that the Bible says that blood started coming out of, of his forehead. Right. During extreme times of stress, a human can actually bleed. Yes, that's true. During extreme times of stress, even your bones here in this area could break, yes. could snap, because your muscles tighten up so much. 
You lose your breath and not be able to breathe. He went through that in the garden, in the garden of Gethsemane for you and for me. He even went to the father and said, Father, uh, is there any other way? But then he quickly said, but not my will, Lord. Let your will be done. He did that for you and for me. Praise God. So he said, you don't have to fear anymore. Concern is natural. Concern is normal, but you don't have to fear. And more correctly, in the Old Testament, when, when God would say to the people, do not fear, means having already begun to fear, stop. Don't let it overtake you. Because if you continue to let this move in your life, you'll enter into that, and then you enter into the panic, and then you enter into the out-of-control type of phase. Don't let it overtake you anymore. You don't have to. God is on your side. God. God is on your behalf. Hallelujah. Yeah. Come on, give him some praise. He is on your side. He loves you with an eternal love. And then finally, in Matthew 28, the verse 10 part, he says, then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. So from the beginning, as soon as he got back, he says, tell somebody else. Tell them of the story. You know, how can the story get out if nobody tells it? We can't depend on Channel 7 Eyewitness News to tell this story. It's not their responsibility. You can't expect this to be told in the, the latest novella. Really, and, and most movies we see, it's all about death and gloom and doom. There are a couple of movies now, not just one, but there's a couple now attacking the White House. And of course, there's always a, you know, a cowboy that's going to come in and save the day, right? But the truth of the matter is, they're not going to tell this story. It's our responsibility and it's our privilege to tell the story. Hallelujah. So that's why it's so important that we get to know the story. And when somebody tells you this nonsense, oh, that's just a myth, that's not true, that doesn't exist. You talk to them about geology. You talk to them about, uh, um, uh, what's what you're, the digging, archaeology. Thank you, thank you, sir. You're a gentleman of scholar. You get the cigar. Here. Don't smoke. <laughs> just, just a statement. It's just a saying. Thank you. Appreciate it. Don't you hate it when you want to say it and it just doesn't come out? Yeah, it doesn't come out. <laughs> so you talk to them about all of that and, you know, you, they'll go, ah, that's what they'll do. That's what they end up doing. Or they'll go, oh, I never knew that. See, and then you could talk to them and then you could share them the truth, the Hallelujah. fact. Hallelujah. Although we recognize that we're not the ones that convince a person. It's actually the Holy Spirit that touches their heart. Amen. When they're ready, sometimes you got to minister to somebody for... One year, two years, three years. Yes. Just be loving and consistent with them, and they'll also be able to allow the Holy Spirit to touch yes. them yes. and to receive that wonderful oh, message. Amen. Tell the story. The last will and testament of Jesus was go and make disciples of all nations. That's right. That's true. Teaching them to obey all that I've taught you to observe. Amen. Right? So it's our privilege now, not just to hear this and celebrate it. Listen, there are people right now picking up eggs, colored eggs, big ones, small ones, and saying, wow, what a beautiful day Easter is. Excuse me, it's not about the eggs. <coughs> Minister Julio, oh, you know, the hats, that, that's, that's, you know, that's amazing to me. I like good hats, good-looking hats. But when you put on top of your hat a cat, Or buildings? Yes. Now it's a little... And that's certainly not talking to me about Jesus. That's right. That's right. See, it's, it's deviating the focus from on, the message man. to things that... That's right. You know? No, let's get them back on focus. Yes. Back on focus. Amen. Where's Minister Julio? 
Minister Julio, yesterday you gave some stats, some very interesting stats. You still have it on that uh, phone? Let me get it. I like I like the stats that you gave us. I'm on my way. I'm coming. Let me get it. All right. So, a survey was taken about Easter. Who knows about Easter? And it says, uh, what do what do you uh, believe about Easter? What do you think about Easter? And some people say, the, oh, Easter is all about. Twenty-five percent said it's all about Easter eggs. Twenty percent said it's about the Easter bunny. That's the, I know what the other one I really don't understand. Easter bunny. What does Easter have to do with a bunny? We all know, all of us Americans know, that a bunny has to do with a battery. We know that. You know, we just know that. <laughs> and a bunny doesn't lay eggs. Is that true? Bunny doesn't? I don't know. Doesn't? Okay, thank you. A bunny doesn't lay eggs. <laughs> and then they said 15% believe it's all about candy 10% believe it's all about Christ 30% believe it's nothing profound 30% thank you sir I appreciate it do you have an unlimited plan? use it a while right? get back to you later So, in closing, let's go make disciples. Let's share the truth of God's awesome love for us. The true message of Easter. It's not even Easter. It's actually Resurrection Sunday. That's the real name of it. Resurrection Sunday. Praise God. So, as we get ready to leave today, go with a mission. Don't just say, wow, that was a great service, great videos, great worship. You know, I don't know about that guy talking too much, but, you know, great message. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's, it's about the fact that we receive his love. I've been married with my wife now 30, we're going on 35 now, hon? Yeah, this, this April and May, we'll be married 35 years. <clears throat> April and May. Why, why, why are you laughing? It's true. You know what happened? My mother-in-law, when we were going to get married, she said, you know, and, and we were already set, you know, for the church. We, it was May, May 6th. And she said, nope, nope, nope. Be, now, before you get married with the church, you have to get married civilly. I said, why? Porque yo lo dije. Because I said so. So I had to get married in April. What is it, 26 or 27? 24? <laughs> <laughs> So you can see which date I celebrate, right? <laughs> I, I, of course, celebrate the church celebration May 6th. But she made me get married her. And then after I got married, got married her on May 24. <laughs> April, April. I really don't care about that one. That one's not important to me. And you know why it's not important to me? Because after April 24, then my mother-in-law says, and now you can't see her for two weeks until you get married by the church. Said, but that's my wife now. I said, I don't care. You're not going to see her until you get married by the church. I said, oh, that is ridiculous. <laughs> so anyway, that's, praise God. So I, I've been married 
with her for almost 35 years, April and May. <laughs> and, and we've learned, you know, we've learned how to walk together, how to communicate together, how to share life together. It's all about relationship. And that's what God, that's what God really wants. He doesn't want religion. Many of the worst enemies of Jesus in that day was the religious folk. Because they thought they could control everything. They knew God. He says, you think you know the scriptures, and yet the scripture confirms, you know, talks about me. Exactly. They could not see God right in front of them. And yet they were supposedly the ones that were teaching everybody else about God. Praise God. See, sometimes religion, you know, it just really, really loses ground. Yes. Because it doesn't, it's not about relationship many times. And yet God is all about relationship. Remember he says, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? Talks about family. Hallelujah. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the transgenerational God. When he talks and thinks about you, he's already thinking of blessing your grandchildren. Amen. 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 So that's the God I'm talking about. And, and as we enter into that abiding relationship with him, he's our heavenly father. And we as the church, we're the bride, so he's also our husbandman. When we enter into that level of relationship, amen. My, my wife, she can give me a look. Just a certain look, and I'll know what she means by that. What are you laughing at? <laughs> just a certain look. I just know. I said, oh, okay, that's cool. Oh, got it, got it. And we, we can talk to each other. I can give her a look. Uh, if we're in a big store, uh, she knows that I'm calling her. There's a special whistle. I call her with a special whistle. Special communication. Your brother does that? All right, so you know, it's, but it, it's your brother. See, relationship. I will call her, and I will find her among a thousand women. Not one woman will turn around when I whistle. But she'll say, okay, honey, here I am. I'm coming. <laughs> she, she just knows the whistle. <laughs> and it's the same way with Almighty God. After, after a while, we get to know the moods of the Holy Spirit. We get to know what the Lord is saying. We sense His presence. We sense His love. And even in situations like um, Sister Cynthia was saying that, you know, she could have really, really gotten some good revenge on this woman. And she could have really, you know, got back at her. But yet, the Holy Spirit now sensitized her spirit to the forgiveness factor. That it's not, oh, now I have to forget. <laughs> I'm a Christian, I have to forget. No, no, it was not about that. It was about the mood of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit knows that woman. That woman is stressed out. That woman, maybe she's tr mirroring her own frustrations on her. You see, so the Spirit of God who knows that person, you know, responded gently through her because she's a vessel now. So she doesn't know what she did to this woman and how she responded to her. Maybe she might be the vessel that might lead this woman to Christ. Amen. Praise Amen. God. So I appreciate my relationship with Almighty God, but that's what it is. It's a relationship. He is now my heavenly father. He's no longer just Almighty God somewhere out there in the great cosmos. He's my heavenly father. My mother and father might fail me, but God will never fail me. Amen. You understand? Amen. So we appreciate that. So as you go out today, just be Jesus to somebody. Be, be Jesus' rep to somebody. Be his hands, be his eyes, be his ears. Amen. And watch how the Spirit of God will flow through you mightily and bring healing to others. Amen.